back pain surgery has been magnified by the insurance reimbursements available through workman's comp- workers' compensation. And I want you to guess at what the standard Los Angeles back surgeon bills workers' compensation for. And I, I heard this from insiders in the clinic. Just yeah. guess high okay, for so a four-hour surgery, so, a fusion surgery. Okay, so I... I um I don't know if you've I ever have seen experience. This. I have experience. My wife had now wasn't under workers' compensation, but my wife had a surgery, and you know they they inflate the cost, and then you know the, uh, the insurance carrier does their thing. But I think the cost of my wife's and it was a fusion and a laminectomy, and it was something like three hundred twenty five thousand dollars, which was billed yeah, for those two. That's for, right. for those two surgeries. Okay. And then, and then of course, you know, Blue, Blue Cross or whatever at the time said, "Hey, but congratulations because we're such great negotiators." You know, it's it's only seventy five thousand, and then you know, and then here's what your share is. Obviously, the three hundred and twenty five thousand was never the real price, but they play that game. Okay, you're a sophisticated camper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I the figure I'd heard was five hundred, and these are billed to work work comp. They're yeah. paid three years later. They're done on lien. The doctors assume the the costs of the surgery, which are probably you know. Fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, and then they don't get paid till later, and they're all cut down by a negotiation process. Yeah, and whether or not they win the case. So back pain, this back pain surgery, virtually every back pain treatment is an unmitigated fraud. Right, everything right. from chiropractic to the surgery to manipulation. The only thing that seems to work is long-standing physical therapy or exercise of some yeah. kind or another, and the patients have to exercise through the pain. But these surgeries, the way they're applied indiscriminately to everyone with pain early on, they're an, a disaster. And like, like everything else in medicine, were they followed carefully and somebody with decent judgment who wasn't motivated by the money um, decided to do it or not to do it, they could be easily have been a success. But every study to date of the surgery has shown them to be a complete failure. Every study to date of everything from chiropractic to, you know, all the other crazy, you know, acupuncture, there are failures. The Chiropractors claim they have one study that proves that a single manipulation at two weeks produces an improvement. But, you know, who knows about that? It probably is run by chiropractors. Yeah, well, so my, you know, my experience in that. Um, so I, I read a book um, many years ago, which I actually have given to people over the years called Heal My Back. And it changed. Uh, it was a paradigm shift in, in my life because I was having back pain that was, um, you know, athletically induced, uh, you know sitting in the car too much, you know, a whole bunch of those different things. And, and a lot of, you know, uh, number one, a lot of things that they would have advised you if you go to the wrong doctor to have surgery for can heal over time. And most of it can heal if you are doing good exercise, if you are doing, you know, I think uh, chiropractic only works if you are treating the actual muscles themselves as well. So there are, there are people that I give credit to that are quote unquote chiropractors that um, you know, might do a manipulation, but they're they're not doing that in in isolation because that, to me, I think logically, um, you know, hey, it feels good to crack your back and that sort of thing. But it doesn't make sense that it would have you know long term efficacy. It's human contact, and that does yeah. have long term efficacy. It's like any any form of counseling. Any you yeah. Know. So it, it that it it works, but it doesn't work because there's a mechanism that has to do with the back. Yeah. Uh, so. 
Yeah. We're, we're, we're upsetting all kinds of people, by the way, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not upsetting you. No, <laughs> I'm hard to offend. Um, okay, so we could move on to cancer treatment. Okay. Okay, so now look, you got to give these guys their due. They are dealing with difficult problems, death and dying, yeah. sadness, families that are grieving the whole nine yards. But there is a problem with their model they've been allowed to be bribed by the pharmaceutical companies through a loophole. Now, if you were a doctor and I were a doctor and I said, look, here's a drug I invented. I'll give you 20% off the top. If you sell this drug, that's called capping. It's a federal felony. We mm -hmm. could both go to jail if we got caught. But for a pharma company, they're allowed to bribe the doctors in this way. They're every medication administered in the office, and I believe this includes pediatric vaccinations, the doctors get 20% of the gross revenue that the, the, of the drug. I just Really? Yes. Just think about that in reference to oncology, where the average treatment is at least 100,000. Okay, is that specific to oncology? No. Or, or, no. or that's that? No. So across, okay, no, across, so across the, board. the board, if they're administering in the office, they, that's right. they get a now, piece I'm not, of the revenue? I'm not 20%. For oncology. Now, I'm not 100% sure about the vaccinations, but I am sure about other things like Lupron, which is given by the urologist. It's a bribe or a kickback, which would be illegal between physicians, but is allowed between a company and a doctor. And yeah. it's perfectly legal. Well, and nobody knows about it except for the doctors getting the payola. Yeah, that that. Um, so just imagine the perverse. Yeah, that one on I want to I want to look more into. Very sick. That, that sounds wild. Look at the references in. Butcher yeah, no, I will. I will. Um, that that sounds wild to me because um, yeah, now, on one hand, it's it shocking. doesn't. On one hand, it doesn't because you know you you saw over the years of the games that the pharma uh, big pharma played in order to get these doctors to write their scripts. Um, you know, uh, hey, it, it was fancy dinners. Then the fancy dinners became illegal. Then it was speaking engagements. Why don't you come and you'll speak at our conference and we'll pay you as a speaker. You know, and then you know, and and so they kept doing these you know end runs around you know the the regular you know r the regulators in order to. You know, keep these docs. The doing drug what reps they are to trained. Do. The drug reps are trained in the three F's of sales: food, friendship, and flattery. Yeah. And sometimes they employ the fourth F. Yeah. Let's leave that one out of the family show. But I, <laughs> some I think people, our people understand people, what that means. Some people never get it. When <laughs> no, I, say I that. get it quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with corruption. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so back to oncology. Oncology is a field where there are about five diseases that they can treat adequately. In other words, they cure them or they create a consequential extension of life. We've got some lymphomas, we've got testicular cancer, we've got a few other things. The rest of it, in their published literature, their goal is to increase lifespan by only two months. So they're a complete failure, but they get, they get these kickbacks so they're wealthy. And what their goal is, the private oncologist, is to have a room filled with Barca loungers. That's a, that's a recliner. Right. And to have five to seven days a week to have those Barca loungers filled with patients who are getting their chemotherapy. And when someone is paid enormous sums to give one drug, and there may be another drug that's cheap, and they hardly get paid at all for that one, what do you think these guys are going to do? I mean, no one can have objectivity about their therapeutic interventions when the, the, the money is so freaking large. Yeah, you're not, uh, you're not being objective, that's for sure. No, you can't you know? be objective. Yeah. There, there's, a, 
there's a quote, I think it's by Upton Sinclair, that, that is something to the effect that uh, a, a man can never understand that something is wrong when his, uh, his payroll uh, depends on him thinking it's right. Yeah. So, and that's not, that's a, a, a you know, a butchered version of it, but it's true. Yeah, well, we, you know, we talk, we've talked about it on a couple of uh, podcasts, but, um, you know, this is, this comes down to the, the love of money being the root of evil. So, um, and, and that's, um, that, that theme keeps coming up in my head because, you know, we've had, we've had numerous podcasts in a row where we're seeing so much evil being driven by greed. And, you know, so many people, um, you know, complicit in these things because of a paycheck just think about the the uh, pediatricians enthusiasm their robust enthusiasm for well child visits why do you think that is they get paid they get yep. paid to deliver those vaccines those 70 we have 72 vaccines on the vaccine schedule now and when we were kids there were five now when i was a kid okay, i'm now, older than you yeah yeah well um i i i i don't think it was much different from when you know I'm I'm uh, 24. I'm, four, I'm 48 yeah. now, and when I grew up, I, I remember yeah, just there getting were 24 in the uh, these are crude numbers, but there were yeah. 24 in the 1980s. When, yeah, when when the vaccine liability relief was signed into law by Reagan, you know, and you, you can't blame oh, Reagan, right? But there, and so what happened was an explosion of drugs for which there were no responsibility on the manufacturer's part for harms or, or damages or anything else. And, now, uh, and so it, it just exploded. In your opinion, are there, like the vaccines that we got when we were young, um, like are there vaccines that have been necessary and helpful and, and have some real efficacy uh, you know, because I, what I do, what I do know, and I argued with folks, um, and I've become more of an anti-vax guy over the last couple of years for not just COVID reasons, but I, but, but I've been more open to the idea of all this corruption. And then I, when I would argue with friends where, you know, they were they were completely anti-vax, I would say, okay, hang on a minute. There's a difference between no vaccines and seventy-two. Is there a, a balance okay. in the middle of things that are useful? So before I answer that, let's just back up a second. And, and by the way, this is going to be very controversial no, no, because there fine. are people that are uh, that are you know way on one side versus the yeah. other. Before I answer that question, let's talk about the terminology. Okay. Anytime your listeners hear anti-vax, anytime yeah. they hear fact-checking, anytime they hear what are the other cues that that our globalist agenda is yeah, being implemented? Yeah, those are derogatory by, terms, and, and they are yeah. they are loaded synthesized terms that some of them conspiracy theory dates back to the RF the uh, uh, Kennedy assassinations. Yeah, and that was manufactured by the CIA. This is well documented to bring down the contrary opinions. Yep. And certainly we know that at the very least, there was something very strange about those assassinations. Yep. At, the, at the worst, you know, RFK who Jr., who has studied this probably more than anyone else alive, is absolutely convinced that the CIA killed his father. Yeah. And I, I find it very credible, although I haven't studied yeah. it in great detail. Um, there, yeah, there. Well, look, we've had, uh, you know, Dr. Keith Rose on our show, you know, many times. And, you know, he's a good uh, a personal friend of mine. And um, and he talks in, you know, great deal about some of these things, certainly, um, you know, about the CIA inventing that term. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to be careful so not to any, adopt their language. Anytime you hear conspiracy theory or fact check or any of these things, just 
turn your head the other way because you're you're listening to propaganda and yeah. we are living in a sea of propaganda. It's good. All right, so I want to answer your question about the vaccines. Yeah. And the the answer is it's a little convoluted, but if you watch the Vaxed V A X X E D two movie on the Children's Health Defense site, mm-hmm. you will become convinced that there is massive evidence for autism that is developed because of yeah. the vaccines. And here, I've here gr- are the I've numbers. I've grown to believe that, and I was well, very skeptical. you don't have to believe it. You, uh, I was very skeptical can, at first. But you can I'll look at the numbers. Yeah. yeah. So the numbers are stunning because when I was a kid, autism was unheard of. It was one in 10,000 kids. Right. Now it's one in 30. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the kind of evidence that will convince any sensible person this this never going to get studied with a sugar pill because the pharma companies won't right. give somebody a vax and somebody a, a sugar pill or a or a saline injection. They're just not going to do right. it because the drugs have no liability and there is no they they are so profitable. But the kind of evidence that is developed is when you have thousands of kids immediately after normal kids of all different ages, immediately after they get the injections, fall down, start banging their heads, and are mute the rest of their lives. Yeah. That's wow. that's anecdotal evidence, which is so compelling, you don't need to study the situation anymore. So the answer to you, and here's another factoid for you, the smallpox vaccine was the one of the worst medical disasters in history. That, that was 150 years ago, and it killed... So many people, it spread smallpox across the earth. It, it, it was finally brought down by a, a wave of blue-collar opposition that I'm hoping will bring down the COVID nonsense. Yeah. Okay, so that one doesn't work. Okay, so the answer to your question, and it, this is shared by some very uh, incisive commentators, is that I believe that the entire vaccine program is an unmitigated disaster and an evil, and if we stopped it, our kids would be in much better shape. And the the anecdotes about kids that have never gotten vaccines is they're freaking normal. They right. don't even get ear infections. So, so I, I think the evidence is very compelling, and it's very hard to deny if you if you look at it, if you even look at the anecdotes in that one uh, video on the CHD site. Yeah, I, I've not watched that one, but I will. But it's I uh, but I, I've come I've come from you know again. So my my background, and I've shared this on on uh, uh, other episodes. But my dad um, is a paraplegic and had polio. Um, you know, he was uh, born in 1950, and he got polio when he was two. Um, so he just missed the you know vac- you know the widespread use of the vaccine for polio, and so you know for me I've always connected that of course in my mind um, that you know hey my dad you know my dad's an amazing guy and you know <laughs> you you would hardly know these paraplegic how you know successful yeah. he's been in life and how vibrant he is but. But you know, we you know we uh, you know as kids you know saw the saw that you know growing up. So I I you know thought in my mind, okay, they you know couldn't all be yeah. bad. Well, the story is that everyone. If you look at the diseases that we have vaccines for, mm-hmm. they were all dramatically declining, and when the vax was introduced, the disease was already on its way out. Yeah, I've heard so, I've heard that so, recently. And there, these charts are available everywhere. You can see a few in my Substack, which is robertyoho.substack.com, where I've reviewed some of this stuff, and I've actually reprinted very impressive 
blogs by yeah. other authors who are true experts about this. And you can see these 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 disease curves where they're they're it's it's sanitation, it's right. public health, it's not the vaccine. The vaccine had no effect on the curve. So I, I, I know that these things are a sacred cow, yeah. and I believe the whole story until less than a year ago. Yeah. But when you start to look at it more critically, you realize that the whole thing is an unbelievable disaster, and that the, relieving these companies of liability enabled a gold rush of nonsense from them, worse than nonsense, evil actions that we have a hard time regulating. Yeah. We can't regulate without liability. Well, listen, I, I believe 100% it's a wicked, wicked, um, evil industry because I've, you know, I've seen too many things firsthand, you know, including just, you know, my, my background in my business, but it, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's dark. COVID is the whole thing writ large and all these yeah. techniques they're using today are, were used the last 30 years, but it's yeah. just, they're, they come they're out of the closet. Bare. Yeah. They they're come out bare. of the closet. Yeah. So, let, if you want to cover the, uh, uh, you know, the screening test briefly before we jump into the hormones. That, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. keep, let's I, keep I, look, rolling. I hope I hope you don't feel like I'm interviewing you. No, I'm loving this. This okay, is great. No, right. this is this is <laughs> this is fun. You're Teflon. You're Teflon guy. I don't mean to attack you. You're not attacking. Okay, me good. No, good. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I love it. I, I love. Uh, I grew up in a in a, um, a family culture of you know exchange of ideas and <laughs> and we, you know and we and we sometimes did it intensely. And no, you've been a delight. I love so, it. So we we in America particularly more than other countries we believe in screening tests and mm -hmm. what these things do. You know, we check blood pressure, we check cholesterol, right. we check mammograms, we do we run three foot long scopes up your backside to look for colon cancer. Right. And they're not, you know, we do pap smears. These things, there are justifications and reasonable ideas. There are reasonable ideas, but they, the way they've been implemented and used has been a disaster. For example, the blood pressures under 140 systolic have never been clearly shown to make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. But but now now we in some cases we're trying to get these blood pressures down to 125. I mean right. I don't know why. Um, the blood sugars have been, that that we consider pathological have been progressively tightened. So we're giving people more and more medication, and it's all been it's all been driven by physicians in the pay of drug companies, right? And, mm -hmm. and establishing standards that the other physicians have to study, have to follow like little ducks. Well, the, the problem with some of these things is, you know, we end up um, over, over diagnosing things. And now that's what exactly I, what right. I, yeah, what I mean, what, and what I mean by that is I know with mammograms and other things, you know, if we, if we were to take a, a, a intensive scan of our bodies right now, you and I both have cancer cells in our bodies right now at this moment. And, Prostate and, cancer for sure. Yeah, well, and the and some of these things, you know, will never kill us, or manifest themselves in any you know real disease in our lives. But but if you're told that you have you know you have cancer in your body, you know, some people then all of a sudden, oh, I got to get treatment for something, or you go down these paths that you know then make the um, you, you know make the medical industry more money, all, all of that. Um, when, you know, it, it may never affect you your entire life. But it, as we are able to get down to seeing things at their smallest and tiniest levels, um, you know, I, I think it 
causes sometimes more problem. So, so prostate, prostate, no, no, you're absolutely right. Prostate cancer is a disaster almost from start to finish. Our therapies are ineffective and harmful. Um, the, the cascade of the medical treatment starts with what's called a PSA test, uh-huh. right? Now, the U.S. Preventative Task Force, USSPTF, I always get these the initials confused. They, at one point, recommended against even getting a PSA because it did not improve the fatality rate at the end of the day, right? But then, then they decided to comply with the urologists who wanted to continue the PSA because they made so much money on the operations. And, and the cascade of medical services starts in a shopping center sometimes when you do the PSA test, and the people running these things are often paid by the hospitals who understand the entire, the entire revenue streams that will result from getting the, the test getting the biopsy, getting the operation, and sometimes getting a penile implant because you're impotent at the end of the process. And sometimes, and you know, who's a big proponent of this are the Depends Diapers people who have, I don't know whether you've seen these uh, ads on TV, these kind of rough looking guys, you know, older than me, and they, they're wearing a pair of diapers and they say, I like my diapers or whatever they say. And nobody understands those things except for the people who have the problem, and that is a complication of a radical prostatectomy. A third of them, roughly, 25 or 30% get impotent, and the same number pee themselves the rest of their lives after this surgery. Now, the, the, the main statistic, which you alluded to, is that this is a 75% cancer at 75 years old. It sounds horrible. You got a cancer, you want it out, right? right. But only 2% of us die from it. It's right. inactive in most cases. So it's my contention that use the way it's, if these things were used in an art of medicine form, right, and maybe on... You know, uh, black people have higher have higher chance of uh, prostate cancer, more die of prostate cancer. Maybe, maybe they they need to be screened with a PSA. But used indiscriminately, it results in a cascade of medical services that is a net loss, and the story gets worse. The the chemotherapy for this is an anti testosterone drug called Lupron. Right, Mm -hmm. it makes you feel like. S-H-I-T. It makes you feel terrible. Now, is Lupron, is that one of those that's also used in like trans um, uh, puberty blocking? <laughs> you know, is that one yeah. of those as Lupron. well? Lupron, Lupron is, a, is used as a puberty blocker and in women who are trying to get pregnant and trying to stimulate their ovaries and all that stuff. So there, right. it's used in, in these, these things too. I mean, the, the whole trans thing is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we can yeah. Have. that's an um, ugly one. It's an ugly one. Um, but, uh, but anyway... Uh, the, the f- former head of the American Cancer Society, um, and his name will come to me in, in a second, uh, he finally got sick of them because they're just promoting all this expensive stuff that doesn't work. He said that if we didn't use Lupron, a few more people would die of prostate cancer. There's no question about that. The studies have been done. But fewer people would die overall because testosterone, you need to live. You yeah. die of heart disease and other causes if you don't have testosterone, and you feel terrible the rest of your life. Yeah. So, so the, the, the urology, and in reference to prostate cancer, is an unmitigated disaster from start to finish, and these urologists get paid for administering Lupron in their office, and it's a shot that takes them 10 seconds to give, costs $10,000, they get a couple grand. I mean, can you imagine that? That's a conflict of interest. Yeah, well, and there's there's more than one. Originally, <laughs> listen gotta, to this. People, we got to read your book. Yeah, originally, 
originally they gave them free samples. And guess what right. the urologist did? They sold the free samples. Yeah, <laughs> they built the course. insurance for the free samples. And so they, they internally, the, these companies called the doctors their, uh, their freaking whores so, or something like that. So, I, so I'm writing a, an article. Um, you know, one of the themes we've talked about, and this might be a good, you know, good lead in for the uh, hormone book, but um, testosterone is globally down for men. Um, you know, so, you know, 20 year olds today do not have the testosterone levels of 20 year olds 40 years ago. Um, I, I, I have some reasons that I believe, you know, for that, you know, some of the research that I've done, but I am not you and not a doctor. <laughs> okay, um, well, you don't have to, but you don't but, have to uh, uh, flatter me. No, no, but, but I, I would love, I would love your perspective on that because we, we've talked about it on this show a little bit, you know, because we've had a couple of episodes on, on masculinity and I brought some of those statistics up and, you know, shared some of the reasons that I think that's happening, but I'd love to get your perspective. Okay, so testosterone is the very stuff of life for men and for women. Testosterone breaks down into estrogen, which men need as well as women. Yeah, yeah. And it's testosterone is used as a sole therapy for women's menopause by some practitioners, and they give them pellets that just dissolve, and they get a decent... Te and I have experience with that. And it's like a miracle. Two weeks later, they're doing handsprings they feel great and they feel great for three months until it wears off and then they get another one or they can be trained for a dollar a week to give their own shots it's cheap right. for women it, the, the amounts are much less than ten dollars for men right and some people obtain it at the gym which uh, we we won't uh, endorse but uh, many times the gym testosterone is the same quality as anywhere else right okay so um where, where were we going with that? Well, um, just with, with the declining oh, yeah, average yeah, yeah. testosterone, okay. I would love so, to, to yeah. get your thoughts on why. Right. So I don't know why. I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, you you tell the audience what your ideas are. Yeah, well, I've, I've talked about it before, and, and you can tell me if I'm off base. It's true. But, but, I, think, but I think a c couple of reasons. I think, you know, sedentary lifestyle, right? We're, you know, testosterone, I know, you know, like in the gym, you know, uh, working big muscles yeah. out. Deadlifts. Increase testosterone levels. We no longer labor, you know, for, for our food. We no longer labor in the sun. We're no longer doing hard physical work. Um, so I know that there's, a, there's an issue there. Um, Spending too much time indoors, you know, out of the sun, uh, you know, with screens and all that, you know, make a big difference. Our food industry, you know, is laden, you know, we know that the, the hormone laden foods, um, you know, bad meats, um, you know, things like that, you know, has to have an effect on that. Um, you know, I, I think that there is some psychological issues too with feminizing of our culture and, you know, some of those sort of things, um, rough play, you know, amongst boys and some of those expressions of masculinity and testosterone, you know, seem, seem to have a, a link or an influence and, you know, and there's, uh, I mean, probably, you know, four or five others that I'm, um, you know, forgetting about, yeah. but, but I, but I know that it's, uh, it's, it's big deal right now yeah it's the it, testosterone has declined across the board and we can talk about ways to supplement it and the the all that i don't i don't comment about mechanisms mm -hmm. right because mechanisms are entirely speculative yeah and the other oh, thing and I, about and i am speculating yeah i know <laughs> i know sure and the other thing I mean, any of that could be true yeah. um the other thing i would say is there's a principle that 
in logic and in medicine called Occam's razor. And mm -hmm. that essentially means that one cause is more likely than multiple causes. So right. we may, we may have just one cause, right. you know, and it, it, you know, who knows? Um, but the, the interesting thing is what do we do about it? And the answer is testosterone can be easily supplemented. And the other answer is that it, Supplementing testosterone destroys fertility in young men, mm -hmm. so you have to be careful about it. It shrinks right. your it shrinks your testicles, and there are there are two drugs that are used instead if you want to preserve fertility, and it can often work very well. Uh, one of them is uh, clomiphene, I think that's the name of it, yeah. uh, which is a pill, and the other is HCG, human right. chorionic cor, cor, yeah. Say it for me. Uh, human well, chorionic gonadotropin and that's an injection and i believe that's weekly i'm not sure maybe yeah. it's twice a week um, but either one of those uh, can stimulate your your gonads to get going get off their butts and produce good testosterone levels and in fact young men need less testosterone lower levels than than older men because their tissues are much more sensitive they can often get by with a uh, testosterone level of 700 whereas an older man needs a level in the mid thousands, you know, 1500 to feel the same way or to feel as good as he possibly could feel. Now, I want to emphasize to the listeners that this stuff is virtually harmless. There, I don't want to say it's completely harmless. There are, there are caveats if you read Hormone Secrets, but it's much safer than anyone gives it credit for. It has been made into a scheduled drug which means it's a forbidden drug without careful prescribing and monitoring mm -hmm. by a political process that occurred in Congress that even the worthless FDA testified against. There were many, 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 many entities that said, this is stupid, testosterone's good for you, there's no problem. So, uh, so it, sh it should be used uh, carefully, but it's my contention and my firm belief that virtually every man over 50 could benefit from testosterone supplementation and my all, my other contention, which is very hard to study, is that it makes us live longer. Um, yeah, I um, I don't doubt it because I I do know that there's um, yeah there is a, a weakening you know of of men and like right now you mentioned the seven you know seven hundred level um, you know for young men you know they're they're seeing levels right now in the two hundreds. Um, you know, for 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 twenty year olds right now, the rules, the rules, and I guess they're FDA rules that are that you should not prescribe. Now you can prescribe anything if you're mm -hmm. an American physician off label, yeah. but to prescribe it according to the quote guidelines, they're yeah. not mandates. But you need to have uh, two testosterones under uh, two hundred, or and, and an entity like. Uh, uh, testicular cancer or something that's ruined your ability to t produce testosterone in order to prescribe testosterone. So doctors yeah. are afraid to do this with the exception of these hormone specialists of which I was one. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a, um, a, a liberal left leaning uh, podcast group that, um, you know, f decided to get there. They were all in their twenties uh, and they decided to, you know, get their hormones checked and, <laughs> and, you know, and they were all, um, you know they were all you know weak, don't chinned, tell me. skinny dudes. <laughs> they were uh, all in the two, three hundred. They were all the highest one of the three, or I think it was three or four guys was was three eighty. I'm amazed that they announced that. Um, yeah, no, they were they were like they were kind of they it. were kind of uh, stunned about it, but they you know they had to announce it because they made it kind of a public thing that they were going to get it all checked, um, and and showed that and it was you know an interesting great story. Uh, article I read, but. Um, 
uh, you know, I know that uh, I've seen like, you know, young men, you know, in our um, in our um, uh, security service, um, you know, we're, we're ex- you know, exposed to a lot of, you know, military vets that are, you know, coming through our vocational training school and all that stuff. And and we have seen a, um, you know, a, a weakening over time of the prospects that are coming in and, and we're getting the best of the best. So we're still getting, you know, guys that are, you know, re- real, you know, real men. But you're seeing the um, documentaries that are, are showing the military of today. And I'm, I was watching a um, you know, boot camp of, of young Marines and none of them looked like my contemporaries when I was 18. <laughs> you know, none of them looked like they could. Um, you know, do, um, you know, any kind of, you know, hard physical work. Um, none of them looked strong. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's alarming to me as to, to what's happening. Also alarming to me because, you know, I need some, you know, son-in-laws. So I've got three daughters and what dudes are ever going to, uh, you know, be able to, to take care of my daughters if they're all weak. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Testosterone is the very stuff of life for both sexes. It makes a huge difference in intellect uh, and creativity, and um, it, it. I mean, there, 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 there are huge advantages to having a, a decent testosterone level. I can tell sto- I can give you patient anecdotes about um, women who are bereft of some of these hormones. Yeah, let's talk and, about okay, it. Okay, so here's, uh, I'll read one of the stories uh, from a patient of mine. Because, because actually, just you mentioning this the other day, I got feedback from people that they wanted to hear more, and it was okay. women that wanted a to whole hear lot more. more. So, the, so we've got uh, we've got some interested parties out there. Okay, June is 49. She started estradiol, uh, that's estrogen, uh, bioidentical estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone eight weeks ago. Here's what she said. Hey, doing well in my hormones, about two months in now. My energy is up, as is my sex drive and my enjoyment of it. My muscle tone and skin look great. And some old friends I gathered with on the East Coast last week accused me of having an aging painting of myself in a closet somewhere. I'm still having hot flashes at night and wonder if I should adjust my estrogen up some. And my reply was... Increase your estradiol to two milligrams every morning. We may decide to increase your progesterone, and we'll check your levels at your next office visit. Uh, and and by that aging painting, I believe that's a uh, Oscar Wilde, uh, Dorian Gray, uh, Life of Dorian Gray, or something like that reference. But uh, yeah, that's funny. Here's another one. Patsy's a 45-year-old accountant. And I had my hysterectomy with ovary removal 10 years ago when my daughter was only six years old. I didn't get on hormone replacement until last year. I thought about my life and wrote my daughter an apology letter about the way I treated her. I was just so depressed and anxious. Progesterone has been the biggest relief. I feel human again. So now, um, and maybe you could talk about this and, you know. Let me, I'll do one more about testosterone. Okay. Stephen was an 82-year-old retired CEO of a major media company. And here's what he said. I'd lost all strength and I was sitting in a wheel. This one, I sort of tear up when I think about it. I was sitting in a wheelchair in a Palm Springs nursing home. The staff had to lift me in and out of bed. I was inches from being snuffed out. Then my doctors started coming in every week and giving me testosterone shots. In six weeks, I stood up and walked out of there back into my life. Wow. And you could, that works for women, too. Wow. In that age group. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. And, and it's not being used. I mean, this should be standard primary care. It's, it's being used by a small group who are trained in a similar fashion. And there are re- references to this group and the ways you can find a good hormone doctor in Hormone Secrets. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, um, uh, 
I I know it works. Um, you know, I I think I I think I told you, and I can't remember. I I you know I, I think I you know probably um, you know reveal too many of my wife's secrets. But my wife just had surgery, and it's you know it's not unknown for a fibroid. Um, which, you know, which was, um, you know, pr- pretty major in size. And, um, and so they, you know, they had took it out, but, uh, you know, of course it was discovered because she was having some real, you know, hormone issues and, you know, feeling terrible the last couple of years. How old is your know, wife? All that. Um, she is, uh, 42, 43, 42. Yeah. Menopause can happen in the late thirties and I've seen it in yeah. mid, mid thirties. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it was, it was deeply affecting her and, um, you know, really a big deal. And it was, you know, it was discovered last September. Um, and then unfortunately because of this COVID nonsense and craziness, um, you know, she she couldn't have the surgery because it got canceled a couple of times. And, you know, gratefully we, you know, we found a doctor in Orange County that did a robot assisted minimally invasive, um, that's a sales pitch instantly. Well, it it uh, it was a C-section yeah. type operation um, uh, before, but what yeah. they were able to through do through the was, vagina, yeah. But what they were able to do is cut it up into a bag yeah. and take it out of a small incision yep. and all of that, which which ended up working. Really Did they take well. her ovaries? Um, they took part. I, I think yeah, they didn't do a full hysterectomy. Yeah, um, many times yeah. the ovaries are damaged during a surgery yeah. like that, and their their hormone levels crash anyway, and they yeah. should be checked later. And if they're if they're not supplemented, these women get osteoporotic. They get they get early senility. They get all kinds of problems. Yeah, so she's so she's she should gonna, be supplemented. She's going to um, you know have to have to get on that. So we'll you know we'll we'll talk more about that. You and I. Okay. Yeah. But um, I'm not practicing. No, and I no, don't. I, I, I don't make any money from this effort. These books, it's an absolute break even with the marketing. Yeah, no. Well, and I appreciate that. And that's, uh, you know, when we have talked, you know, outside of this, I've appreciated your authenticity about all of this. And, you know, and I know that, uh, you know, our, our listeners and, and viewers um, will, too, for sure. Um, what else, um, you know, and we can, you know, bounce back to you know, even some of the uh, healthcare stuff, but what else do you think in our you know, remaining time that you want to highlight? Well, one of the most interesting thing is uh, the sports use. And we can, we can go over that a little bit if you want. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a utterly ridiculous story because these, you know, I mean, Lance Armstrong is the perfect example. He beat the French at their national sports, which are drugging, lying, and cycling. Yeah. Right. And U.S. federal prosecutors tried to fine him $100 million, and they were trying to boost their careers, like all federal prosecutors, by destroying someone. And, a, and Lance was a perfect candidate because he was a superstar. So yeah. they spent tens of millions of taxpayers' dollars trying to get him, and he settled for $5 million, which is an abject loss for them. And so whatever you think about all that stuff, what is completely clear is that sports are drenched in drugs. And they're integral. They're not going away, and they enhance performance a great deal. And if you don't believe this, watch some CrossFit national championships. And these guys say the same thing that Lance said: we never tested positive. And they're 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 yeah. the whole thing is rigged, so they don't they don't test positive. So nobody will think they they have plastic flowers instead of instead of real muscles. And so Lance is disgraced, quote unquote. Yeah. But. Actually, they never, no one acknowledges the hypocrisy that we have 50 to 70% of the entire populace in America on prescription drugs. And then we, then we say that these things, which are 
virtually harmless, at least in ordinary doses like you and I are taking. Yeah. They're virtually harmless they're, as long as they're monitored. And, you know, you've got somebody knowledgeable, you know, with all those caveats, all that disclaimer. Um, they are, they, everyone's taking a powerful prescription drug every, every day, and the nursing home patients are on 20. 20. They, nobody's ever studies these things used in combination. They're only studied individually. We don't have a clue about what they're, we're doing. These people are like drug farms for the pharmaceutical companies. And, yeah. and, and, and they just, they, they're, the insurances are billed, and, you know, it's just, it's a freaking nightmare. So, uh, you know, my basic stance is that even athletic abuse of these drugs is a very mild health risk right yeah and i mean obviously there's a dose at which anything becomes a poison and i mean i, I there must be some limit but they're they're almost completely clear and we the, the short list of w what can happen with this hormone stuff is acne hair growth sterility testicular atrophy women can get deeper voices in large clitorises the fda has this black box warning on all these drugs which is a serious, serious warning, which is fraudulent. When you look at the literature, they're, they're, none of these things are true. But what they claim is that testosterone increases heart disease, which is not true. It decreases heart disease. And if you use estrogen and have a uterus, you've got to use progesterone or risk a higher chance of, ovar of uterine cancer. But that's, that's, you should be on progesterone anyway. And so um, the, these testosterone relatives, some of them cause liver damage. But that's, I just told you virtually all the risks of the steroid hormones. They're very safe and very useful. Uh, going back for a minute to Lance Armstrong. Yeah. You know, you, I, I love what you said about the, you know, beating the French at their, at their own <laughs> game. Sports. Because, you know, they, they, if you look at all of that, um, you know, Lance Armstrong became very unlikable. You know, <laughs> he's, when, he's obviously a prick. Yeah. And, and so, and so that's a lot of why I think they, they also doubled down here, you know, in America going after him and, you know, trying to crucify him for that. But they could not. They could not award the Tour de France, you know, to anybody. They were um, all they were because all they were all using. they were all using. Yeah. So so everybody that he was competing against and all that stuff, you know, they they again because he was such a jerk and such an unlikable <laughs> dude. Um, You'd have to be like that to win that thing. Well, that times. that is that is yeah. true. But um, he was, you know, obviously a phenomenal athlete, and you know. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have, um, you know, mixed feelings about, you know, what you should be doing in, in athletics. Um, but you look at some of these guys that are aging in their career and, you know, I understand the, you know, the, the desperate, the desperation, you know, when, when you start to get older and start to lose your athletic abilities and you can, you know, and you're still competing against these, you know, young you know, young men that are coming up. I, you know, I, I think you know I own a jujitsu school, and you know, every day I'm I'm wrestling with these, uh, you know, twenty and twenty five year olds that you know that that want to take me out because you know I'm 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 the master of the place, you know, and and uh, and it's you know it's it's uh, uh, it takes a lot for me to keep you know, up with them. keep keep up, uh, you know, and and I've you know I've got a lot of years of uh, you know old man strength now, and and. Um, and, and good, good, you know, good technique, and and uh, you know the treachery of old men, but uh, 
But, you know, I understand if that's what you do for a living and that and that is, you know, your your thing, um, you know, for for you to, you know, want to, you know, try to, you know, have modern medicine, you know, help, you know, help you to continue on. I get that. Well, I don't, I don't have any value judgment about any of it. Yeah. And the only thing I would say is it's not going to go away. And there doesn't seem to be any limit to it. And to to knock off an occasional hero like Lance, who mm-hmm. did something no one else had ever, ever done before in history, is, I mean, it's, it's obscene, you know? And right. so, I mean, I... You know about the women who are uh, bodybuilding with uh, testosterone. I mean, you probably know a lot about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've yeah. seen women's yeah. bodybuilding over the years. I, you know, there are many women right here, you know, within 500 feet of where we are, who are using approximately a male dose of testosterone. A CC is sipionate, 200 milligram once a wow. week, and they they've got large clitorises, they've got sexy deep voices, and they've got a lot of muscles, and some of them look great. Their breasts tend to atrophy. I believe that it affects their fertility, but I don't know for sure. Maybe they can go back. But once you sort of get on this stuff, um, you, you're, you're not going to feel or look the same if you get off of it. And this is quite distinct from the transgender uh, thing, which we can talk about on some other occasion. Yeah. They're also on testosterone, well, which did, alters them permanently. Yeah, well, I, I, I do want to hit a, um, a little bit of the um, uh, SSRIs. Okay. Because, um, you know, one of the things, you know, obviously we've had, um, you know, the, a couple of active shooter incidents over the last, um, you know, few weeks here. And um, one of the things that when we've looked at these, um, you know, Covered Six, which is, uh, you know, the security firm that, uh, you know, Chris Dunn started that uh, I've been a part of, um, you know, it was conceived because of um, the Virginia Tech shooting and active shooter was the genesis for, uh, you know, a lot of the the work that uh, that Covered Six did. And one of the things in analyzing these active shooters is almost all of them have two things in common. Fatherless homes, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, obviously a you know, huge thing and something that we need to restore in this country. But SSRIs. Almost all of them were on psych medication, and and that that um, you know blew me away. What you know? What are your thoughts on that? Because those seem to be being prescribed, um, you know, and and that seems like just such a you know evil thing in my opinion. Okay, again, it's Occam's razor, right? It's one thing, and that's it's the SSRIs. They they've been proven since their creation to cause suicide and violent behavior. Lilly covered up the evidence of that that were that was found in the original studies, and it was obtained during litigation in discovery. And since then, they've been quietly settling a hundred million dollars plus of lawsuits related to people who became violent or committed suicide on SSRIs. There is, if you want to see one of the examples, there's a website called M-I-S-S-D, and I th- it, and it's .co, not .com. Um, and that's in memory of Stuart Dolan, who is the husband of a, he was an attorney, and he, two weeks after he started Paxil, he jumped in front of a train. He had no prior, he had a little depression or a little anxiety related to job stress, but that was it. He had a great life. And the SSRIs put him into a state called akesthesia, which is an intolerable kind of anxiety. It's like the answer in your pants or you can't sit still. And some people uh, commit suicide. 
I've written uh, about is this. Is that a side effect of the well, of the drug? You or, hate or to just... use a, you hate to use a word as benign as side effect. Uh-huh. I think that that word should go from our vocabulary for the evils that are created by these drugs. Okay, I, it's my belief that SSRIs as a drug class should be banned along with virtually every other psychiatric drug class. Yeah. And if we have time, we can get into psychiatry. Uh, I think we do have, uh, I think we do have enough okay. time. So I would, I would like to touch on so that. So I, I read the chapter in Butchered by Healthcare about SSRIs. You can listen to it's, it being performed or read on robertyoho.substack.com in a recent post. And you can also read the story of Tim Alexander. I don't know, I don't know whether you looked at that, but that was, that was dropped just a couple of days ago. Tim, is he had nothing to do with this field. And his, I believe it was his brother-in-law, uh, started taking these drugs and shot his, you know, a relative of his and a kid. He went into a school, and he, this is a San Bernardino shooting which you recall. And so he went on a voyage to uncover what the heck had happened. And, and this guy started a Facebook group. Pretty soon there were 25,000 members of the Facebook group. And then he took a two month trip all across the country and filmed the people who were bed bound and had all kinds of problems with all kinds of drugs, not just SSRIs. But he originally got interested in it through the SSRIs. He produced a movie. He's a he's a filmmaker, and he has a couple hundred thousand dollars in into the thing from investors. And he's trying to get this paid off so he can release the film on a free platform. Netflix and so on are dominated by pharma money, and they will not release it. And I will send you a copy of it so you can view it yourself. Okay. And if you have ideas for how we he can proceed, I've been trying to promote that. Um, but so the psychiatry is, in my view, more corrupt than oncology. Its drugs have never been shown by sugar pill control to work. Now, just wrap your head around that for a moment. The reason is probably that there are so many, we have almost 20% of the country on psych drugs. Mm -hmm. And so the reason is probably it's hard to find somebody willing to take those darn things who is um, a control, you know, who doesn't, doesn't have the problem. So they, they, the, the entire field is based on the judgment of these people and their judgment is not good. It's all kind of internally circular. And what they do is they put people on the drugs and then if they go off the drugs, they have these horrible withdrawal symptoms of depression and anxiety. And they see that as evidence that the drugs work when it actually is just evidence that the drugs are highly addictive. So what's interesting about that is, so I've, I've seen, um, you know, the, when I look at claims data um, and, you know, analyzing for clients and things like that, um, antidepressants, um, you know, that, that whole class of drugs are now number two on all of the prescribed medicine charts and all of our data. So there are four classes of psychiatric drugs, all of which have their evils. The least evil is probably the benzos like um, Valium, right? Uh-huh. And clonazepam. Um, these things are addictive, but, and they relieve anxiety and they were, and Xanax, which is one of these things is short acting. It was studied for, you know, this is a rough story. Six weeks. The first two weeks it worked, the second two weeks it didn't. And when it was withdrawn, you come up with a patient that's worse than they were before. Right. Nevertheless, it was, it was approved for use in the U.S. Right. 
the second class of these SSRIs, and we've covered some of the problems with those. The third class are the amphetamines, and we've known about these drugs, the amphetamine-like drugs, the Adderalls, the drugs that are used for this so-called diagnosis ADHD, and these things are known in animal studies to shrink brains. They've been known since the World War II to be tremendously addictive and a horrible problem. The Japanese used them in World War II on their kamikaze pilots to get them to dive into the boats. Right. Yeah. Well, I know Adderall is something that's just a, um, you know, used and abused like crazy right now um, the, by, the by thir- college students. A third and, of the know, Ivy yeah. League students have prescriptions, roughly. Wow. And the rest of them can buy the drugs from their colleagues. You know, so so these things are a disaster. Um, the worst class are called atypical antipsychotics, and those take ten to twenty years off of your life. They, they kill you 10 to 20 years earlier because you get heart disease and other problems. So, well, I mean, the, the, psychiatry is an unmitigated disaster. And there's a lot of evidence that's, that says that the, the, the psychotherapy and the Freudian analysis that was used before the drugs came around was equally evil. But the drugs have turned it into a, a, a fiasco. And, uh, and I think we'd be better off without the psychiatry. And psychiatry is an unusual field in that there are a huge group of psychi- anti-psychiatry people, including some psychiatrists, and not just the, the Scientologists. The Scientologists have hated psychiatries for decades. Right. Uh, and they, somehow they figured it out early. Uh, but uh, psychiatrists with a, a questionnaire and many times primary uh, care physicians with a 10-minute questionnaire will commit you to a highly addictive drug that takes months to years to get off of it, if it's possible at all, after a 10-minute consultation and you fill out a form. And th- this whole thing was promoted by psychiatrists in the pay of pharma through a mechanism called the DSM, which is a book of psychiatric diagnoses, which is altered and changes and morphs every few years through a vote, a vote of the American Psychiatric Association. And oftentimes they're just voting on whatever the PC term of du jour is. I mean, it's, it's, they are freaking out there and crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, so <laughs> coming from, you know, and, and we've had kind of a, you know, wild and unusual, um, um, uh, podcast here and, and, um, you know, we've been all over the place and I've, I've loved this, but, you know, coming from a Christian perspective, you know, on that stuff, um, you know, cause I've been through some dark times in my life and, you know, and I've been through, you know, genuine depression and things like that. But that, you know, that to me is an indication, you know, that something was wrong in my life. Dark times teach you something yeah. and you are forced to change. And, and I think that what we've done culturally with, most of these pills band-aid okay? band-aided everything well you, what we've done is because even even pain right you know my um you know god bless my wife you know going through this surgery you know she's she is not interested in taking pain pills as much as possible right so she so she'll go until it's like okay it's intolerable i'm gonna take one you know kind of a thing and you know now very quickly she's she's on just advil you know um and, uh, you know, she's a couple weeks into it, but, but, you know, she was very disciplined, recognizing, okay, the, you know, pain is, you know, my, my body's healing right now. You know, there, there's a certain amount of it that I'm going to have to grunt through. And that, you know, is, is great evidence of her character. And I think we have to have that character as Christians in all of these things. Okay. Something's wrong in me. I'm, you know, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm feeling dark. What's going on, you know? 
what's happening in my soul, what's happening in my spirit, what's happening in my life right now, you know, what do I need to address? Because it's an indication that something's wrong if you have pain. Um, and that includes back pain and all these things. Okay, I got something that's going on. You know, I need to exercise. I need to address it. I need to work on these things. And culturally, you know, we've been sold some kind of crazy lie that, you know, oh, give me something. I'm going to ignore that pain. I'm going to numb it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to ignore it somehow and never, you know, deal with whatever it is. Pain is God's telling you that there's something wrong that yeah. you should address. Yeah. And um, and, you know, what what is so insidious about all of these things is that, it, you know, addiction level and it comes so quickly because, you know, you get used to look, I don't want to feel that way. It's terrible to feel depressed. It's terrible to feel pain. It's, you know, all those things are are bad. Well, it's rough to have to deal with it and go through the circumstances, you know, so, Hey, I'm going to ignore it. And then now I'm, I'm addicted and I'm swallowed up by, you know, by this evil. And, um, you know, and now I'm a slave to something. We, we do doctors do miracles every day. So I want to, I want to close out with the idea that I'm not running down all of medicine, but it's just, these therapies are used in an indiscriminate fashion, primarily to hook billing codes and to make more money yeah. now. So it's, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible paradigm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean that, look, one of the themes of our show, you know, uh, is that we are trying to, you know, lay bare and make transparent all of these things that are happening, you know, so, so much of, uh, so, so, you know, so many of us have been asleep for so long as to, you know, this tyranny that was creeping in, um, you know, including washing machines and you know all of those things that were you know happening in our lives where we were pretending that we were free and having this you know a semblance of this liberty as we were slowly being squeezed, and you know the healthcare industry and you know you know big you know corporate entities and all that stuff have you know slowly been swallowing us up and and you know uh, fleecing us. And I don't, I don't have a better term than that. Um, you know, but they've been, they've been working hard to destroy our lives, you know, in order to get wealthy. Let's hope we're not too late, Bryce. Yeah. Uh, you know what I, I think, and this is the, the encouragement. I always want to leave people with hope and encouragement. Um, but I do believe that people are, are waking up. Um, I'm grateful for, um, guys like you, because I, I, I believe you, I know how hard it is to publish a book and how much it costs. And, um, you know, it, it, uh, oftentimes is a labor of love, but what you're doing is get, you know, getting this information out there. And I saw that the, you know, the first day I met you that, you know, that's who you are. And I'm very grateful for you. Um, you know, cause you've, you've introduced us to some good guests and, you know, other people that are in this same fight, you know, we're working hard to just go, Hey guys, look at what's happening here. And, um, and, you know, that's what we need to be doing. Certainly as, as believers, you know, we need to be, you know, uh, evangelizing our faith, but um, our values of, you know, opening our eyes, paying attention to what's going on, you know, is, is, a, is a part of that and a part of spreading the good news of Christ. Bryce, thanks so much for letting me be your guest. It's yeah. been a pleasure today. No, thank it was you. fun, and and you know, thank you guys for joining us. I know it's uh, we went on some wild stuff here, and and we you know we went down a bunch of different tangents and rabbit holes, but uh, but it was awesome. So thanks for joining me, 
and and with that uh you know i'm sure we'll have you on again and, okay you know we'll, we'll do it another time and um thank you so much so good night folks uh, that is it for uh, liberty station and uh, i'm bryce eddy and um uh, give real quick again where can they um uh, follow you okay so i've got a website that's about these books primarily which is robert author.com and my substack is robertyoho.substack.com and you i also have my podcasts on buzzsprout uh it's called surviving healthcare if you search for surviving healthcare buzzsprout uh, you can find those all right well thank you again sir all right thank you so much folks and good night